The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey everybody, Gabby Reese here. Please join me for my show where we're going to be talking about all things self-care. And I don't mean just eating and exercise. I'm talking stress, marriage, relationships, parenting, business, transitions. How do we figure out a way to be our best selves each and every day? So whether you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen, please join me. If you'd like, rate, subscribe, and leave us a review. If you want to see some of the behind the scenes action, just follow me at Gabby Reese. And remember, don't miss new episodes every Monday. Hey, it's Mariana, and welcome back to the Life with Mariana podcast. So this episode is with Rianne Silva. She's the founder and CEO of Beauty Blender, which I am so obsessed with. If you've followed me for years online, you know that I always, always, always do makeup with this. I cannot live without this sponge. It is so incredible. I actually did a YouTube video. It was when the Beauty Blender had been out for a while, but people were still learning about it. And it was just how to use a Beauty Blender. This video went viral because a lot of people didn't know that you really needed to get it wet first to expand the sponge to use it to apply your makeup. And from then, Beauty Blender really went on to create a whole new category in beauty of makeup sponges. And she really was the first one to create this pink iconic egg-shaped sponge that, hello, is in the Smithsonian Institute, which is crazy to think she made this product, but this is not her first business. So she was a working makeup artist in the industry. And at the time she was working in television and the cameras became so HD and so high quality that she had to find a better way to apply makeup because you really could see all the pores. So she created this sponge out of a need. And then from there started this business, which is incredible. So I talked to Rianne about what really inspired her to create this product, the struggles of running a self-funded business and what it means to be a woman of color as an established entrepreneur. We talk about the different milestones the company has reached and how her and her team plan to expand the Beauty Blender brand. I'm so excited and I think you guys will love this one. So now let's hear from Rianne. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast because I am like such a fan of you and your products. And I don't know if you remember, but a few years ago, I, I recorded a video randomly, how to use a beauty blender. And it ended up going like viral. And the next day I saw this video everywhere and I didn't realize people didn't know how to use a beauty blender correctly. <laughs> of course, I remember that video. And let me just say, it's so great to hear your voice. Thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast. I'm so proud of you, Mariana. You are a force of nature. I think what you're doing is awesome. But absolutely. I mean, yeah, you did that video. It became viral. People loved you. And I think you experienced a little bit of the beauty blender kind of like crazy phenomenon. Like I think like 17 years, 18 years later, people still don't know how to use a beauty blender. They don't know you wet it. I mean, there's all these copycat products on the market and none of them give you directions. So nobody knows what to do with it ever. So it's just like crazy. I also can't believe the journey is 17 to 18 years because I think now, especially on social and the way you see things, you see this end result of a brand or a product, but you don't realize how many years it took to get to where you are. So going back a little bit to what even started this entire journey, tell us a little bit about your career as a professional makeup artist and why you even wanted to create this sponge from a need that you needed for your own business. Yeah, well, you know, first of all, let me just start by saying I never I never dreamed or imagined this life, okay? Like I 
knew I, I was a makeup artist. I knew I loved makeup. I knew I loved working with people. Celebrities are so interesting. I loved the whole transformation of makeup. And it was really, I, I felt at that point as a makeup artist that I was so blessed, so lucky to find something that I love to do so much that I, you know, didn't feel like I was going to work every day and and getting to, you know, to paint and play and, and be in these really cool environments with people that, you know, you would only see on TV or in movies or something. So, you know, I didn't imagine Beauty Blender even being anything in my future. But what happened, what had happened was as a makeup artist working for over 25 years, as in life, as we know, things evolve and things change and technology has a way of advancing all of us in every aspect of life and in makeup you know, suddenly high definition was the new buzzword. You know, previously everything that we were doing as artists was being shot on regular film, 35 millimeter or, you know, regular film in your camera. But times were changing, right? So high definition was this buzzword. It was a an experiment. Things were going on in music video. We were suddenly shooting video all the time. And I got this job to work on a show called Girlfriends. And at this point I had, you know, advanced in my career. I had done like set it off. I had department head set it off Friday, Money Talks, Moesha, Eve, all these shows. I was a member of the union here in Los Angeles, local 706. And I got this job to department head, this new show that Kelsey Grammer was producing. And this beautiful young uh, new producer, Mara Akilbrock was, was heading it up. And she had actually worked on Moesha with me. So I knew her previously. Anyway, I got asked to work on the show Girlfriends and department headed. It was the first show being shot and broadcast in high def. So it was a little bit of an experiment. And makeups needed to evolve with high definition because suddenly the old techniques of putting a lot of makeup on because you would need to use, I don't know if you've ever like theater makeup is very different than what you, you know, yeah, use in real stage life. Makeup, the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> stage. Yeah. So it's, it's the same, the same thing with high definition. Suddenly we needed makeup to be transformative and define a character. And, and at the same time, we needed it to look very natural because high definition suddenly meant that you saw every pore, you saw all the texture, all the color changes, everything. So long story short, I got this job because I had also been a person in Hollywood that was airbrushing beauty makeup. And so they thought airbrushing was going to be this great way to do makeup for high definition, which it is, but ultimately it's totally impractical because you need electricity for your airbrush compressor. And um, if you ever work on a set, it's very difficult to be removing your stars from the set to do a touch up. You will make enemies really quick. And you want to keep your actors on set. So I had to find a way to make these airbrush, beautiful airbrush looks that I would do in my trailer in the morning, be consistent throughout the day while we were on set. And eventually, long story, but that's how Beauty Blender was was born. I thought it would be a, a solution to other makeup artists that were also going to be having this challenge and, and working in high definition in their different medias. But I never thought it was going to be a consumer product. I always thought, you know, I'd make a little supplemental income. I was a single parent at the time with my daughter, Erica. And of course, you know, although I loved what I did as a makeup artist, and I, you know, just explained to you how fortunate I felt to have this kind of job that I didn't really feel like I was going to work. I wanted her to have a different life. You know, I wanted her to be able to 
to go to college and go do things. I didn't go to, I went to FIDM. I didn't go to like, you know, the Wharton School of Business or anything like that. Although, you know, FIDM is an amazing school. At the time I went, it was a very, very young school. And, um, but I just, you know, I thought, you know, I want my daughter to be able to do whatever she wants to do. I didn't think she would follow in my footsteps. So that meant if I could sell a couple extra sponges, get some supplemental income, you know, keep her in a private school and just have, you know, a little extra money to, to do whatever I wanted to do with her. And, uh, you know, for myself, that's what I would do. I never thought that Beauty Blender was going to be like a global product. Never thought, you know, I would end up in the Smithsonian for creating an egg-shaped sponge. (laughs) I mean, it's taken me, this little sponge Beauty Blender has taken me into places I never thought I would ever see. So that's a little bit of my journey, Mariana. It's been, it's been amazing. I've been able to meet beautiful people like you that continue to amaze me and just, you know, live in this entrepreneurial world that we're all in now. So you all know that I am obsessed with my hair and hair products and everything I have to do with hair. So that's why I am so excited to tell you about this week's sponsor, Function of Beauty, because friends don't let friends live with anything less than amazing hair. So think of me as your friend who wants you to be happy and try Function of Beauty. Function of Beauty is a world leader in customizable beauty, offering precise formulas for your hair's specific needs. So here's how to get started. First, you'll go on their site, take a quiz, and tell them a little bit about your hair type and your hair goals, such as length, volume, or oil control. And because your hair changes with the season, you can change your hair goals before every shipment. So next, you'll choose your color and fragrance or go fragrance-free and dye-free. Then Function's team determines the perfect blend of ingredients, bottles your formula, and delivers it right to you. Every ingredient Function of Beauty uses is vegan and cruelty-free, and they never use sulfates or parabens. You can also go completely silicone-free. And with over 54 trillion possible formulations, the formulations are endless, so there are so many for you to customize and try. So never buy off the shelf just to be disappointed ever again. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash LWM for Life with Mariana and take your quiz to get 20% off your first order. That applies to their full range of customized hair, skin, and body products. If you are ready to try a new hair care routine, then go to functionofbeauty.com slash LWM to let them know we sent you and get 20% off your order, functionofbeauty.com slash LWM. So now that you guys all have an amazing discount, definitely check out Function of Beauty and thank you so much for sponsoring this episode. Now let's hear back from Rianne. The product that you have, it's so iconic. And did I hear or read somewhere that there was a brush or something you tried to come up with before the beauty blender? Well, you know, I, I guess I was always kind of like this artsy kind of person. So I had come up with brush rolls. So the way now a lot of people carry their brushes are in a, a piece of fabric with slots in them where you put mm-hmm. the brush handles in and then you fold the fabric over and roll it up like some sushi and tie it up. I had come up with, and, you know, makeup artist tools, generally speaking, back then, you know, we're talking 20 years ago, were all very kind of like products that were borrowed from a different industry. So as makeup artists, we were all walking around basically carrying gardening bags, like our set bags were, you know, the kind of bags that, you know, ladies or guys use out in the garden, you know, that you could throw tools in and, you know, and so they, they basically were just they were like accessories that were never evolved. They were never made into, you know, beauty or makeup artistry specific kind of products. So I had this idea early on to get an artist brush roll, which was the exact 
same thing as like a fine artist uses when they travel, they roll their brushes up in a piece of canvas and, you know, carry it with them to the next location where they're painting outside or something. That's, that's how we would, you know, carry our brushes. So I had this idea of making these brush rolls out of really outrageous fabrics. So I would get like fur and I would get like vinyl and I would get like, you know, the products that were or materials that were wipeable because you would always get ultimately makeup on them. Um, so yeah, I did that. I did that at first. I created these brush rolls and honestly, I just, I was so busy as a makeup artist. I didn't have time to really focus on it. So it was kind of like a little bit of a test run for me to figure out like, how do I get something made? Like, you know, how do I find, I needed to find a sewer, for example, to make these rolls. So yeah, that's probably what you were hearing about. It was a very, very short-lived kind of thing, but it was, it was like a little test run for me. Well, I think that's a great lesson to people too, is it's not where you start, it's where you finish or where you ultimately end up. So you can try one thing and then if it doesn't work out or you get inspired by something else, you can continue to create. And so that was the first like kind of test thing you did. And then after that, you created something so incredible and you were just talking about manufacturing products and where or how did you even find someone to manufacture this? Because there's been so many copies of the beauty blender and no one can make it the same as you. It's just none of them are the same material shape. So where did you even start with this idea? Oh, well, thank you so much for that. Yeah. So when I, when I went in search of trying to make these hand cut egg-shaped sponges in bulk, um, I was still very much a makeup artist working and I would travel with my clients all over the world. And wherever I was, I would buy sponge, cosmetic sponge products. I would go to, you know, in France, I would go to the local pharmacies in England and Europe and Asia. I would go and buy sponges and I would look on the backs of the packages because all all products have manufacturing information on, or distribution uh, information on the back of packages. And I would, you know, start trying to find a company that would help develop this idea I had. And I started noticing that in specifically with beauty sponges, there was only like three or four companies in the whole world that was making them for the whole world and or distributing them. So I, I started at home. I, I found the one that was based in the United States. And there was really only one that was handling like everything from like Estee Lauder to CoverGirl Maybelline. So from Prestige to Mass, it was like this one distributor. And um, I reached out to them. They were based in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, where I now live. It was a company called Victoria Vogue. It was before Google. So I had to dial like 411 and get the phone number from information. And I just cold called them and I was connected to a woman at this company. And I just told her that I was a makeup artist in Hollywood and celebrity makeup artist, film and television. I had an idea for a sponge. You know, she kind of gave me some resistance and told me, hey, uh, you know, thanks for the call, but I don't think we can help you. Uh, We have all these patents and Um, I'm sure we already have something like what you're thinking about. And I said, basically, then you're giving me a good argument to say to you, then what's the harm in looking at it? Look at it. You know, you don't know. So basically, she looked at it. A couple days later, she sent me an email saying it was like the palm slapped to her forehead. Like, why didn't we think of it? And I told her because you guys aren't makeup artists living in the trenches like I am. And 
that's why I had this idea. And she was like, oh, you're right. Because generally we just have an engineer create these different shapes for us. So long story short, she ended up helping me on this crazy journey to make a edgeless rounded egg shape sponge. And it was not easy. It's, you know, it's a simple product. You look at it and it's very simple, but it's a very, very high tech, complicated thing to make because the material is so soft and it's very hard to cut and very hard to cut and shape in that, in that way. So, um, and we are, by the way, yes, we created this category and Beauty Blender sits at the very top of the list wearing the throne because it created a category now that allows other products that are like Beauty Blender to exist. However, all of, I like to call them my fans, which are the people that want to make their own kind of Beauty Blender. None of those products are made in the United States. They're all made in Asia and um, we're the only one made here. So I'm very proud of that. We keep people you know, employed and we keep our carbon footprint tight if you're American because we are a global product. But yeah, that's, that's how that happened. I think a lot of people now can be inspired by that story too, because people reach out to me all the time like, hey, how do I start a company or where do I reach out to people? And I said, no one knew what they were doing at the beginning. From Mm -hmm. every person that I've talked to on this podcast or founders I talked to, they say, well, now Google, they said, I Googled it. I cold called people. So I guess the lesson here would be, don't be afraid of just reaching out to people and see who would give you a chance. Right. I mean, you're not supposed to know everything. You know what I mean? There's this, this life we have is all about learning. And I think a lot of times some people feel insecure, like they're supposed to know something they don't know. So they don't want to let people know they don't know something. So they don't ask questions and they don't, you know, investigate or research. I am very clear on the things I don't know. <laughs> so I'm okay with it. So I ask a lot of questions. I am so excited to take a break and tell you about Sakara because I have used their products. I've eaten their food for so many years and I'm so happy they are sponsoring the podcast and giving you a discount for my listeners because I just hope that you guys all try it because it is so, so delicious. And feeling your best really starts with what you eat. And Sakara gives you the ability to not just eat healthy, but truly enjoy it with chef-crafted, plant-rich meals that really build a foundation for radiant health. So if you don't know about Sakara, it is a nutrition company that really focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. They have organic, ready-to-eat meals that are made with powerful plant-based ingredients and are designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing. They have a menu of creative, chef-crafted, ready-to-eat breakfasts, which are so delicious, lunches and dinners that changes weekly so you'll never get bored, and it's delivered fresh to your door anywhere in the U.S., Along with delicious plant-rich meals, Sakara also offers daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas to support your nutrition. Experience the transformative power of plants with their best-selling metabolism super powder made with organic raw cacao. It works to boost energy, eliminate bloating, minimize sugar cravings, and reduce fatigue. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash LWM or use my code LWM at checkout. That's Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash LWM for Life with Mariana to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash LWM. Now let's get back to the episode. One thing I think is so interesting about your brand now, because I feel like it's so different in the space is you started self-funded, which is one thing, but remaining self-funded is another thing. So how did you grow your business 
now so many years later without raising money? Yeah. I mean, I'm still 100% owner of Beauty Blender and I'm still self-funded. And as amazing as that sounds, there's a dark side to it too. You know, it's not, you are 100% responsible for everything and you don't have anybody to fall back to. So it's, it's a pretty daunting position to be in, especially when you try to grow your business globally and then you try to enter the color market. Uh, I grew my business by not taking a paycheck for eight years. Um, So yeah, imagine that. I mean, all of our entrepreneurs now want to get paid out right away. I didn't even start making money, not, not even a profit, but I didn't even make money that I could put in my own bank account to pay myself back for all the work I was putting in for about eight years. And I just kept rolling whatever money that I would make back into the business so that I could grow it. And, and obviously, you also have to finesse your relationships with your vendors and the people that work with you. They have to believe in your business and they have to believe in you. They have to believe that you're a responsible human being and that you're doing the best thing. You're going to make the right decisions for your business so that they'll continue to help you and invest it with you. And what I mean by investing, they didn't invest money, but what they did was they would continue to give me terms that would enable me to stay in business. Yeah. And I think now I feel like it's so different and people are so used to seeing these valuations and -and so-and-so raise X amount of money, but it's not always what it seems in a headline. And I think there is so much beauty and so much, you know, independence that you get from remaining independent. So what are some of the pros and cons of, of remaining independent and growing the business the way that you did? So I would say, you know, the pros are freedom, right? I mean, when you don't have, when you're not tied to a financial partner that might have a different view of your business, I don't have to compromise to to meet in the middle with a different set of perspectives. That's good. I mean, there's an upside to that, right? Because you're free, but you're also free to make that mistake and take the losses that you make with that mistake. And, and mistakes are, are the truest teacher, but not always the, the fastest way to rise. I mean, there's reasons. There's financial partners and there's strategic partners. And sometimes they're the same thing, you know? And a lot of times uh, I see now with these young entrepreneurs or younger businesses, they, they will get a strategic partner that's going to help them make all the right decisions so that they can grow and scale their business into an exit plan and you know, and make money that way. Running the business the way that I run it is a little different because it's it's really for me, it's kind of an old fashioned perspective that I have, Mariana. It's it's a family business. It's a business that I want to be able to give to my kids if they want it. So I'm growing it in that way, which means that I'm not selling off parts of my equity so that they have something. But again, the risk is, you know, the risk is high. It's, it's like going to Vegas, you know, you're, you're playing high stakes game because these businesses these days move very quick. The industry changes very quick and you have to be able to pivot, which means, you know, there's not a lot of time to be deliberating and thinking about, you know, some of the the best ways to grow or, you know, I, I choose to grow slow. I mean, there's not that luxury anymore. I don't think many companies have the luxury to grow slow, especially when you have a financial partner that's pushing for an exit plan or pushing for a return on their investment. So there are pros and those are the cons. (laughs) And I love that you were saying that about your family. And I love seeing your beautiful family that you share on Instagram and stuff all the time. Your daughter now works with you at Beauty Blender? 
Oh yeah, she's <laughs> she's been working at Beauty Blender since she was in like probably junior high school when I would used to used to make her help me fill canisters. But now she has a more official role. Erica, as you know, you've met Erica Mariana. She's she's a part of well, she started out, like I said, as a, a junior assembler uh, and my support system. But then she moved into social media because of her age. I mean, nobody knows social media better than the young kids. And, you know, I knew that she was really agile and, and knew it and loved it. So she not only helped me manage this, the social media, but she became the face of social media because I was still too busy working. I was still working as a working makeup artist up until just a couple of years ago. So I would have to be on jobs or, and just, you know, my, my use, my best use was not in social media, but hers was because her demographic, you know, is, is where the money was and where the attention was being had. So, and she's a beautiful girl. My daughter has been a professional SAG card carrying actor since she was about seven or eight years old. So she's perfectly comfortable in front of the camera. She knows how to shoot. She knows how to edit. She knows how to, you know, do all of the things that you need to have a successful social media life. So that was the perfect move for her. But she's more recently um, been a part of my product development team too, because over the years and being involved so much in Beauty Blender for all these years and working with Beauty Blender, the tool, but also being my daughter and being around makeup for so long, she didn't really even understand that she just has this really um, just very authentic and organic understanding of makeup and makeup products. So she's really great in product development too. And being, you know, she's Afro-Latina, I'm Latina, her father's black. She, she has a whole wonderful you know, perspective on diversity and color range, which is awesome. And I want to talk about the color range and the more products that you have too, because you've expanded outside of sponges. But going back to sponges for another second, you created an iconic product, so iconic that it's featured in the Smithsonian, which like you said, like could have never have imagined that that this sponge you created could become really history now. So when you created this product, what was the moment that you felt like it really took off? Hmm. That's a, that's a question that I've gotten before. And I, I wish I had a really solid answer for that. I wish that I could say it was this one moment, but there have been many different moments that were appropriate for the time of that growth. Does that make sense? Like, because Beauty Blender, mm -hmm. even though we've now, I've been recognized in the Smithsonian for creating this product, uh, you know, the, the exhibit is called The Only One in the Room. And it's about uh, women of color that have created something that has changed their industry in one way or another. So Beauty Blender obviously is what I created that put me in this amazing situation at the Smithsonian. But, you know, even that was just one more experience that, you know, showed me that I did something. But there have been many prior to that. You know what I mean? Like, just getting my first sales at Sephora, you know, being accepted into the Sephora club, you know, that was, that was, that could be seen, that could be seen as a moment where I said, oh, I've made it. But then there's so much work that goes on from there. So I don't feel like just that 
was an indication that I made it. I mean, because you have to then be able to survive living in the Sephora, you know, world, winning a, a Best of Beauty award from Allure magazine and Allure being the beauty bible and being recognized as the best in something, you know, best in tools. That could be another indication that, oh, I've made it, but then I've won it now. Not to, I'm not trying to brag, but I will say I've won it 12 times. And to me, that is a bigger story because that means you had to remain that, yes. that status for all those years. But there's never just one thing, you know, because, and I'm always just working. I'm working. <laughs> I'm trying to go on a vacation, but I can't ever go on a vacation because I work on my vacations too. My husband is like really sick of me because I, d- I don't know how to just not work, but it's like having a family. And I tell him like, would you ignore your kids if they called you? Like I'm on a vacation. I've got to answer the phone. I can't yeah. not answer the phone. You know, it's, it's a tough thing. So I don't know to answer it. That question is a really hard one, Mariana. I mean, right now at this moment in time in the evolution of my beauty blender experience, I would say um, being included in an exhibit at the Smithsonian Museum of American History is something that really gives me pause, you know, like that is, that is somewhere I never dreamed about being. So I'm taking a break to tell you about a product that I love, a snack that I love. It's from one of our sponsors who make this podcast possible and I'm so grateful for them. So definitely check them out and support the brands that support the podcast. And this is Verb Energy. They are so delicious. So they have the most amazing flavors, cookie butter, double chocolate, salted peanut butter, peppermint mocha. Like don't those just sound delicious that you just want to try them right now? My favorites are the cookie butter and vanilla latte. So if you're like me, once I get to the afternoon, I definitely have a little bit of a slump, but instead of reaching for that second cup of coffee, grab a verb bar instead. These are really great when you need energy to get through an afternoon workout or a long day, and a verb bar will help you power through without the jitters. They are so delicious, only 90 calories that are gluten-free, plant-based, and have as much caffeine as an espresso. The caffeine comes from organic green tea, which means you get this really smooth, long-lasting energy boost without the jitters. So they're really easy to stash in your purse or gym bag, and they're really great for an afternoon pick-me-up. So no worry about spilling that cup of coffee in your car. You can definitely have this on the go. And we've worked out a special deal for the Life with Mariana podcast listeners. Receive 30% off Verb's best-selling bundles. This is an amazing way to try their most delicious flavors. So go to verbenergy.com slash life or use my code life at checkout to claim this deal. That's V-E-R-B-E-N-E-R-G-Y.com slash life. And this discount is only valid for their bundles. So try them out. Now let's get back to the episode. One time I went to New York and I forgot one in my bag. I tweeted, I forgot my beauty blender. How am I going to do my makeup? And someone from your <laughs> messenger did to my, to my hotel because I truly was like, I don't even know how to do my makeup without one at this point. So what about it do you think made it so iconic? Oh God, you know, I just think it was the right thing at the right time. And I, you know, I, when I have these conversations with people about like, well, how'd you come up with the idea or why do you think it was you? And, you know, here's the deal. This is what I think about this life. Okay. That we're all living in this world that we live in. I think we all, you know, for the most part, and and it's relative to your world, okay? So what I'm saying is, you know, we're talking about beauty right now, and we're talking about, you know, very fortunate 
living circumstances that that we exist in, you know, because there's there's all kinds of situations in the world. But I think that there is a universal flow of energy around all of us human beings. And I think that it it's kind of like our human responsibility to tap into it and try to be aware of it. And, you know, it goes kind of deep into like whatever your belief system is, like whether you believe in Allah or God or, you know, Buddha, whatever it is, whatever that spiritual belief system is and how you tap into it and how you try to just be like aware and present and ask for whatever it is, like, a, you know, a job or an idea or whatever, whatever that is, just being aware and grabbing it. I just feel like I was at a time, it was the set of circumstances, right? I got this job. I was an experienced makeup artist at this time. I was the best person to get this job that was, you know, the first of its kind being in this high def world. And I had an opportunity to figure some shit out. And I took that opportunity and it, it just snowballed into creating a beauty blender. That is just like that energy around you. Like, are you going to take this opportunity? Or are you not going to take the opportunity? You know, I took the opportunity and I did it. And, um, and I just tried to stay very focused and very positive about this little sponge, because let me tell you, I never thought that a little sponge, little egg-shaped sponge was going to do what it's done for me. I thought, oh, I'm going to be this, I am this, you know, uh, famous makeup artist and I've reached these, you know, golden ceilings. I can't make any more money than I'm making and I can't department head any bigger shows than I'm doing or anything like that because I'm doing it. Like, you know, I just never thought there was, that a little sponge was going to take, I thought maybe I would create a makeup line first, you know, or something like that. I, I just, it's, you just never know what's going to, what's going to hold your hand and take you on this wild ride. Yeah. And the stars all aligned for you and you were at the right place at the right time and reached out to this one person Absolutely. who ended up making this dream come true. And when you, first but she wasn't the first person I contacted either. So there's perseverance and there's, mm -hmm. you know, there's person, there's perseverance that is in the story too. You can't, I, I tell my team now, I don't live in the land of no. I didn't get here by accepting, you know, people telling me I can't do something or it's impossible. There's always a way to get something done. You know, you might find out at some point it's not worth doing, but you can get anything done. <laughs> yes, for sure. And when you were coming up with the idea of the design of this, how did you think about making it so unique? Because it really does stand out from the shape to the color. You know, there wasn't really, because there was nothing for me to, to refer to because literally cosmetic sponges were pie wedges or flat pancake wedges, or they were hand cut pieces of foam used by special effects makeup artists. Now, special effects makeup artists are the most inventive people. They create really ways of doing new and inventive things. Um, it wasn't that I set out to make an egg-shaped sponge. It was just literally cutting the edges off of a triangle and it becoming the shape of an egg. I just try to remember why I started this. And it really boils down to a love of makeup and a love of transformation that I have. And being an artist, 
for me, you know, it, it goes back to the artistry of it all. And that's what I really enjoy. And so if, if I just really drill down on that, you have to talk about the products, you have to talk about the materials you use to transform people. And the satisfaction I get, the most satisfaction I get as an artist uh, is when I know that I've been able to impact my client in a way that makes her see herself in a more positive light or himself in a more positive light. I mean, that's the most satisfying thing for me. And I just kind of remember those things. I remember why I got into this business, you know, and I also, I think about my family and and the legacy that I want to leave for them. Legacy is something I've been thinking about lately too, because now I'm in my mid thirties. I don't have kids yet, but I think legacy is something now it's top of mind for me of like, okay, what do I want to leave behind or what will my future have or what, how will people remember me and you know, what I left on this world. And so I love hearing about that and how the legacy of your future keeps you motivated. Cause it's definitely something I think of. And I think even for women too, as you become mothers and family and, and stuff. So your story is so inspiring. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm so proud of you and congratulations on your new launch. Oh, thank you. I can't wait to try it. I love your your products, your summer Fridays. I remember you gave me when we were at a um, <laughs> we were at a trade show and you were like, Rianne, this is the last tube I have and it's used. I'm sorry, but I went out, I used it all up and I keep buying it. It's oh, so thank good. Thank you. Well, you know, really in the start of the beauty industry, I was talking to somebody else about this. As an influencer, you know, I'd been at the beginning of this phase of influencing. So I kind of knew everybody. And then when I started, you know, as a brand founder with Lauren, we would go to these things and we basically didn't know anyone. It was a whole new industry. And some people kind of like turn their nose up at at influencer brand founders and influencers starting companies. And you and a handful of other people were so welcoming of us to the industry. You were so kind to us. And I really appreciate your kindness and your openness and, you know, always just being so supportive at everything that we saw you at. And so I am very grateful for you and your friendship. And um, the last question I wanted to ask is, you had an amazing career. You, You were at the top of what you were doing and you took a leap of faith to start something new. So what advice would you give to someone who has a stable or great job, but they want to go out on a limb and maybe start a new company or start a new career path? I mean, if, if you're like me, I mean, here, here was this, this was, this was the challenge for me. And this, this would go to anybody that you're saying, like you just said, might have a great job, but just wants to do something else. For me, what made me passionate about taking this leap was literally kind of like the physical restrictions I knew that I would certainly have in the future doing this work I love. And what I mean by that is like being a makeup artist on set, on location, in different environments, it's hard on your body. It's a hard job to carry your makeup around, to carry your set bag every day, to be holding your breath and contorted in weird bending positions because you got to get on the ground where your actor is in a scene. And, you know, it's just, it, it's a very physical, physical job. And um, the hours are brutal. You know, sometimes I would be up at one o'clock in the morning to be on set and ready to go by three so we could shoot by six. I mean, just, you know, it's just, it was a very, very grueling and um, hard job to do. And I had done it for 20 years. And I started when I was younger and, and, I just knew that at some point, and I had reached, like I said, a kind of like a ceiling about of what a makeup artist could make. I mean, I was, I had top agents, I was getting top rates, 
Um, and I was getting, you know, top jobs where I could negotiate my rates, you know, in a, in a really um, beneficial way, but I still wasn't making the kind of money that I could, you know, create a legacy for my family with. So, you know, and what that meant was I wanted to own homes. I wanted to, I, and I mean, I, I wanted to own home, you know, one, I wanted to own, I wanted to be able, you know, my parents, my, my parents were working, regular working people. My dad was a mechanic. My mom was a waitress. They didn't make money. They didn't save for their future. I knew at one point I was going to be taking care of them as well as my family, you know, my own kids. And, you know, how was I going to do that? How was, you know, how was I going to be able to enjoy my life, benefit from the fruits of my labor, you know, watch my kids grow, watch my grandchildren grow and be healthy. How was I going to be healthy with them and have a future if I continued to do this, this job that would take me away from them for 14, 15 hours a day, every day. So that became my passion to find something to supplement my income. I knew it wasn't at the time, at least I knew it wasn't going to be a whole new career, but I just needed something to add to this because I love doing makeup. It wasn't that I didn't want to do it anymore. I still love it, but I needed, I needed more. And it was the kind of maybe a little bit of anxiety when worrying about how was I going to do this in the future? Because I knew it was coming. It was like my North star was out there and I saw it twinkling and it was like, you know, one day you're going to have to like take care of your parents. You're going to have to take care of your kids. You're going to have grandchildren. You know, you're going to have to take care of yourself. You're not going to be able to be on set forever. What are you going to do? You know, so those were the things that, that kind of, you know, formed my ideas and made me take that leap. I, if I didn't, you know, if you don't try, you're not in the game. Like you, you have to play to be in the game, right? Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for taking that leap because you have changed the way so many people around the world do their makeup and an industry. You created a new category of brands creating sponges and copy sponges. So congratulations on everything. So excited you. for you. Can't wait to see what the new product is. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's so lovely to hear your voice and hopefully we'll be able to see each other soon one day again. <laughs> so thank you. Bye, Mariana. Have a great day. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate and review because it would mean so much to me and follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what episodes are coming up next.